you ready to talk fantasy football? Then you're ready for the Picking Up the Blitz Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your hosts, Mike Randall and Scott Berg. We're at the halfway point of the NFL season, so the Picking Up the Blitz Fantasy Football Podcast already had a lot to talk about, Scott, but it appears there was some news tonight, wasn't there? Uh, yeah, yes there was. I mean, the uh, never-ending saga that is Ezekiel Elliott takes another turn, and guess what, Mike? He's uh, suspended again uh, until maybe tomorrow or the next full moon. I'm not sure when, but as of now, he is suspended once again. There is something wrong with our legal system, Scott, when this can go on forever. Like, you just need resolution. It doesn't matter whether it's wrong or not, whether the resolution is proper or not. This can't keep going on like this. This is making a mockery of it. But moving forward, Scott, who is the back to pick up in Dallas? Uh, you know, I, I, you think McFadden. I, I'm going to go Morris. I, just based on what we've seen, I, I'm going to say Alfred Morris. But honestly, you know, everybody's going to go pick people up, and then by Thursday afternoon, they'll be dropping them again when another appeal comes. But for now, I, I'd say Alfred Morris. Well, here I'm, I'm going out of limb. I do think McFadden. Here's my only concern. Call it the reverse Gilly concern. We'll get to Mike Gillis a little later, by the way. We may have to play some Undertaker music for him. But my, my concern, Scott, is I, I'm positive since Alfred Morris has been playing special teams, which Darren McFadden is not. That's why Alfred Morris has been active and McFadden has it. Now, I know McFadden is going to get the lion's share of the touches at running back. I would bet my life on it. But what I am concerned, man, is do you think they'll give the goal line touches to Morris? I do. I think Morris does get the goal line touches. Um, and I think that's, you know, that's your theory there. That that's the most important part of it. I think, honestly, they're both going to be active. I think you're going to look at like a 60-40 share. But, I mean, for me, I'm going to – if I – you know, get the opportunity to claim somebody and need to plug in somebody. For me, it's going to be Alfred Morris just because he's been on the field more than McFadden has. McFadden's been inactive multiple times. I understand it's a special teams thing, but Morris, when he's gotten some touches, has had some pretty decent plays. So my gut tells me Morris would be the guy. But then again, I'm also the guy who told you last week that Elliott was going to play the rest of the year, and here we are. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. Well, well, since, uh, Scott, uh, we'll get to my big DFS win uh, where – Tommy Gunn actually beat Rocky. Miracles do happen behind the arm of Russell Wilson. Uh, you have followed my advice, my partner, and taken Matt Breida. Now Mr. Breida is going to have a different quarterback in San Francisco, isn't he? Uh, yes, Mr. Breida is. And more news breaking as Jimmy Garoppolo gets traded from New England to San Francisco and one that I don't think any of us saw coming, really. I mean, I guess now the assumption is Brady's going to play until he's 54. So Garoppolo goes to San Francisco. That's a good place to start if you're the Niners. Listen, everybody's going nuts in the Twitter world that, you know, Garoppolo is a franchise. Let, let's see him play a little bit. I like what we've seen in preseason and a little bit here and there in regular season. So good start for San Francisco. They give up a second-round pick for him. I mean, could have done a lot worse in a trade for a quarterback. Scott, as we do here on the Picking Up the Blitz podcast, let's get to our quarters because I have a lot to talk to you about. That's the big news, but let's get right into it. What do you say? Let's do it. All right, folks, first quarter here, and we're going to call this, Scott, a little hodgepodge, mishmash, but random thoughts of things from this week and random thoughts from things in the future. I'm going to start, Scott, with a big personal one. Let's pull the curtain back. There was a big trade made in my CBS Fantasy League that was accepted last night. Why don't you tell the people about the trade? And then I'm curious, what were your thoughts on it? Uh, yeah, big one-for-one one trade. Uh, two guys have been talking for a while. It was a third guy talking for a while as well. Uh, you pull a, pulling a trade where you traded A.J. Green, one of your big-time wide receivers, for Mark Ingram. You know, the Mark Ingram train, you are f- – all about that Mark Ingram train, so you made that one-for-one one deal. Listen, 
saw it. You know, I wasn't surprised by it. I knew there'd been some talk going on between the two owners, you and the other owner. So not a surprise. You looking for a running back. Uh, this person's looking for wide receiver. You know, it's a good one for one deal. You know, the, the the same person was asking for Julio Jones for me in a straight up deal. I opted to go another route, keep Julio, go after Christian McCaffrey in a different deal. So, you know, listen, it's a good one for one deal. Um, you know, and both of you, the only thing I got to say is you're both in the same division. You're both four and three going into this week. So to see that trade in division was a little surprising. But other than that, you know, good. it's a good one for one deal. I mean, I hope it works out for you, uh, you know. But who knows? See how it goes. I rack my brain over it, Scott. And here is my rationale. This is so tough. It's a PPR league, which makes this even harder. I guess, Scott, this is what I went with, man. I feel like I believe in the Saints offensive line more than Andy Dalton. Rest of schedule. This have the home games, which I liked. Green is a fantastic receiver, Scott, but he goes to Jacksonville. Then he has at Denver two weeks later. Then he plays Blitzburg in two weeks after that. Then he's at Minnesota. I didn't like that schedule. I like the flexibility with Ingram. I feel like one of us is going to make the playoffs based on this deal, and I felt I had to pull the trigger. But I have to tell you, when I put it out there, I said to him, this is like you know having a girl and a guy, and they feel they have to like romantically you know, sort of do it, Scott, you know what I mean, <laughs> to get it over with because there's all this tension. So I'm like, we've been dancing around this deal. Let's just do it. But I have to tell you, if he had said no, I would have been just as relieved. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, my thing on this deal is, you know, I, from your standpoint, I worry about has the best already come from Mark Ingram? You know, sometimes you say these players, they come back to what they are. Now, listen, Peterson gone. Ingram was getting more touches. But Peterson wasn't there last year. Now there is an Alvin Kamara. And, you know, the rushing yards have declined in three straight games since Ingram took over the role. He has scored in every game, which is a is what you want. But he's gone down from 114 to 105 to 75. And in each game, his Carries have dropped from 25, 22 to 18. So my only concern on that deal, your deal there is, is he good for 15, 16 a game for sure in PPR? I, I would say yes. But we also haven't seen the best of A.J. Green. And, you know, it's kind of one of those deals where I think maybe, maybe A.J. Green steps up second half and Ingram with Kamara there may not produce what we what you're hoping or what he has the past couple of weeks. Well, it's a very good debate. I want to see how it turns out. I'm playing for keeps here, man. I like Tampa next week. I mean, who wouldn't like Tampa, Scott? I think you'd have 200 yards rushing against Tampa. Then they go at Buffalo. That's going to be tricky. Then they have home Washington. I'm fine with that one. At the Rams, I think that's a good game. Home Carolina. And then two games against Atlanta plus home games in 15 and 16. So, my friend, I may be looking ahead. But it's a fair deal I had to make. We can rip on me if it doesn't work out. How about that? Yeah, you absolutely had to make the deal. In this league, your running backs were putrid. Um, so, yes, <laughs> this, was a, this was a deal you absolutely Aaron had Jones. to make. Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones, no? That's yes, Aaron Jones. But who else? Ty Montgomery, <laughs> Derek Henry, you know, uh, is it uh, Corey Dillon? Who, who, who's on your team? Tell me who you got other than that. So, you had to make the deal. I know you're an A.J. Green guy, so it definitely hurt. But, you know what? See how this plays out. All right, Scott, let me give you a quick, uh, some quick one-liners here. Ready? And I want to know, rest of season, who would you rather have? Rest of season, who would you rather have? If you have to distinguish standard or PPR, feel free to go ahead. Ready? Des Bryant or Brandon Cooks? Uh, Brandon Cooks for me. Keenan Allen or Brandon Cooks? Yeah, I'm a little down on Keenan Allen. I'm a little disappointed in the past couple of weeks. I'm hoping he turns it around. So I'm going to lean Keenan Allen in hopes that you know he picks it up down the stretch. Joe Mixon or Jay Ajayi? 
<laughs> yeah, um, well, I'm going to roll with Joe Mixon and hope that he gets the touches. I think he had a nice breakout game, not necessarily rushing, but the receiving. Breakout was game, he had one catch. He had one, one play. From a fantasy standpoint, from a fantasy standpoint, the points were there. Oh, he needs, stop. He needs that's to get like the if touches. Two, so and if, you, if two's beat aces, do you all of a sudden say, oh, okay, that's why he has one can, catch. Can, can, you, can you tell me the last time J.H.I. ran for more than seven yards on a carry? I mean, Well, don't please. use the one catch as the reason, though. I mean, you know, give me a fantasy break. Fantasy points. Forget the one catch. It's all about fantasy points. I don't no, care if you not. get it on 94 no, yards. No, that's not true. If you go to a casino and you win $500, do you come out going, hey, I played the guy because two's beat aces? No, it was lucky. Oh, come on. I said before the season it was going to be a down year for J.H.I. I'm sticking uh, to it. Here we go. Take, this is the take lock. Here we go. Andre Ellington. Here we go. Jeez. Well, then I'll go to the next one. Lamar Miller or Joe Mixon? Uh, Lamar Miller. And here's an interesting one off a of Thursday night's game, Scott. Joe Mixon or Alex Collins? Yeah, you know, it, well, if Joe Joe Flacco may not, you know may not be playing, if the rumors are he's coming back, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Joe Mixon. Um, I'm not a full believer yet in Alex Collins. I think the Dolphins just did not show up, and uh, I I don't know if that's the true Alex Collins. So I will stick with Mixon there. Scott, we'll get to the games in a minute, but I want to know moving forward, Jarek McKinnon or Latavius Murray. It's still Jarek McKinnon for me. Uh, Seattle backfield, Scott. That's a Rubik's Cube. Is it worth solving, though? They just traded for an offensive tackle, Dwayne Brown, right today? Yes, that, they did. Is that and worth solving? I, I think their answer lies in a trade. Now, whether they make it the move or not, but if I were them, I'd be calling Indianapolis and attempting to get Frank Gore. That's Ooh, what I would do if I'm Seattle. I think that's look. a good, good move. You get yourself a veteran presence who's been in that division before. He'll be motivated to get back to the playoffs. I'm sure you won't have to give up much for him with Marlon Mack sitting there. So if I'm the Seahawks, I'm calling the Colts and saying, hey, here's a fourth. Can I get Frank Gore? I like that. Scott, Tevin Coleman has now scored more points than Devonta Freeman in two consecutive games. Problem? A little bit. Um, Devonta Freeman's a little banged up. I think practice limited this week or is going to be very limited in practice. So, yeah, that, that is a little bit of a problem for Freeman owners as, you know, you've you've uh, preached that uh, team backfield with the Falcons for sure on a weekly basis. And Coleman... You know, if there's a guy that maximizes his touches more than Tevin Coleman, find him for me because I, I don't know. He gets out there. He does what he needs to do, and he's outscoring the lead back. That's why you do team backfield. Scott, uh, respond to this sentence. Matt Moore is, the, is has been the backup quarterback for the Dolphins. Therefore, he's used to throwing to Kenny Stills in practice because he throws to the number two receiver. Therefore, Kenny Stills is a better fantasy option moving forward than Jarvis Landry. I still say no. Jarvis Landry is a better player. Kenny Stills to me is more feast or famine, even though he has incorporated a more you know more catches in his game and has been become a more of a full receiver. Uh, but I still go Jarvis Landry. Seven yards per catch bother you, Jarvis Landry? I mean, listen, it will, but you know, with your boy Cutler throwing the ball and, and I, this game, this game against Baltimore, I'm, I'm going to kind of throw this one out with Matt Moore. This was just a what seemed looks obviously now an impossible spot. Uh, going into Baltimore on a Thursday night with a short turnaround for the Dolphins. So I'm going to give Matt Moore one pass, and I'm going to stick with Jarvis Landry as A.J. Derby scores a touchdown late. Of course he does in the game that I already lost. Uh, Scott, T.Y. Hilton is going to be dropped in some of the fantasy leagues we're in. I know he's going to be dropped, and he has a brutal schedule. Would you pick him up? I would. I mean, I, I would pick him up and keep him 
on my bench or play a matchup dependent. The guy still has talent. I know Brissett is hitting a rut here. The Colts offense is not doing much, but he's still a top wide receiver in this game. And if he's there, he's going to be better than most four or five options you have that are on your bench as it is. Scott, Jameis Winston. I'm going to argue he's really a poor man's Cam Newton. He's never been over 60% accurate. And Cam Newton last year when he was hurt was brutal. This year he's been up and down, but still brutal. I think Jameis Winston is massively overrated. Would you say that even though they have a strong rest of schedule, that Jameis Winston is still a QB1? I don't know about a QB1. He's, he is proving your point a little bit as being overrated. It's very disappointing, um, you know, his performance against Carolina last week and, you know, all, all around you know, the season, just not put it together. You know, I don't know what it is because he's got playmakers. He's got playmakers everywhere, you know. I mean, he's got Evans. He's got a deep threat in Jackson. He's got two very solid tight ends, and he's got a running back who's running the ball pretty well. So I can't figure it out other than it's just extremely inaccurate, and if he doesn't get it together, he's definitely not a quarterback one going forward for sure. Scott, let's go back for one second here. Ready? Tell me whether you think this T.Y. Hilton will be a wide receiver two or better in each of the remaining games. Ready? Uh at Houston. No. Pittsburgh. No. Home, Tennessee. Yes. At Jacksonville. No. At Buffalo. No. Denver. No. <laughs> You're still picking him up and ball at Baltimore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> listen, I mean, well, you know, who's your fourth or fifth option on your team? You know what I mean? I'm not well, saying my you team, my friend, is Juju Smith-Schuster. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, narrative street. <laughs> I'll take. Uh, I'll still take my chances with uh, with T.Y. Hilton. It doesn't hurt holding a roster spot for a guy who you never know. I mean, even though it sounds like Andrew Luck is definitely not coming back, and at this point, there's really no need for him to come back. They're not going anywhere, but he's still got ability. I would hold him for a little bit. You never know what happens. He's, uh, he's worth holding. Scott, last one in honor of my wife. She had a a uh, premonition about Victor Cruz before he broke out. She had a, cremoni- a premonition about Miles Austin before he broke out. Last year, she had the premonition about Terrell Pryor. This year, her premonition was, was Mohamed Sanu, who is starting to heat up. Scott, Mohamed Sanu, rest of schedule, is a wide receiver? Two. <laughs> okay, so mid, high, wide low? Wide receiver, two. He's a... He's a top. He's a top eighteen. Wow! But, All right, but Julio Jones is going to break out at some point. It just has to come. Uh, so fair um, he's, I'll put him as a wide receiver too. I'll give you the eighteen as the absolute highest he'll go. Being nice to my wife. Let's hit the second quarter. All right, my quarter two, like we do NFC games first. Let's do a little re- uh, review on what we got. A little recap. We'll start with game I got right in our picks, and let me do a three and one week. Oh, you killed me, by the way. You're starting to pull away. Yeah, I got to 500. So we set the goal. I'm at 500. You're still a little I am behind, not. but you got plenty of time. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought I was going to lose this one late when Mitch Trubisky drew a duck. Uh, you know, I was hoping the Saints didn't return it back. Uh, but, they, by the way, I was giving you a half, even if you lost, because you had the game pegged. This would have been one of those games that would have been a terrible loss if you lost it because you had it pegged the whole way. Yeah, this was this was I, I like this one, and they had a chance to win it. I mean, he had Adam Shaheen open on the left side, and didn't even see him. Shaheen was open for days, but regardless, the Bears lose to the Saints twenty to twelve in New Orleans. I was getting eight and a half, I believe nine. Nine, I was getting, so we cover there. Um, you know, fantasy wise, here Jordan Howard goes over a hundred. Uh, Tariq Cohen less and less involved, even though he just take away a goal line touchdown. Uh, you know, talk to me about some other important fantasy uh, stats or non appearances we saw in this game. 
Dontrell Inman was an active Scott. I think the Trey McBride experiment's going to end. I think Inman will be the number one receiver. If you needed like a bye week replacement down the stretch at a wide receiver three, I'd have no problem with it. Tariq Cohen stealing that touchdown, huh? Must have irked you a little bit. <laughs> It, it, it did, considering his lack his, his lack of involvement the, the entire game. He gets it. I mean, Jordan Howard does what he does, gets 100 again, like I said he would, but gets over 100. You lose the touchdown, though. It's, it's a killer. It's a, it's a killer for me in more ways than one. On my fantasy season, in our breakfast bet, it's just it's it's not helping. He's producing. I can't get him in the end zone. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's a killer there for sure. And a little side note, the only DFS lineup I cashed this week, my quarterback was Mitch Trubisky. Oh, nice so job. That was, nice. uh, he, nice. he didn't do anything, but it allowed me to stack elsewhere. Nice. Uh, but took a shot there at 0.6% ownership. Um, real quick, on the fair side, Zach Miller, quick prayers for him. You know, yeah, that was awful. Surgery, really. To talk about he almost going to lose his leg. It sounds like he's okay. Might make it, but, man, that's scary. How yeah, you hear scary that? stuff, yep. Uh, what about the Saints side? Anything of interest other uh, than Mark Ingram? Yeah, just a couple things. I, I like Ingram. My argument with Ingram, Scott, is I hear what you're saying about the carries. I think he has to be used. I think the Saints as a whole, first game, right, that Breeze, they won uh, the Saints with Breeze not throwing a touchdown since 2009, I think it was. So I think they're moving towards a running team. I think they realize that Breeze can't do it week in and week out. So I think that Ingram is a very solid play. I think we're going to get into this later. Out of all the things that are – predictable, that are guarantees, besides Ezekiel Elliott, by the way, in, in, in DFS, <laughs> I think Mark Ingram is a pretty solid, solid guy you can count on. Here's one for you. Be careful with Michael Thomas, Scott. And especially on DFS, I think he's overpriced. I don't think you can spend $7,000 for Michael Thomas because his first halves are terrible. He's getting like two catches, one catch in the first half. He always gets his 80 yards. I get that. But the touchdown's very up and down. He's not throwing as much. They're giving it to Kamara a little bit. So, I, I listen, you're starting Michael Thomas. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying in DFS, I don't think I'm going to use him that much. Yeah, no, he's not really uh, – he's not a DFS play right now. I mean, I, I could argue the fact that – from a sheer value standpoint, Ted Ginn is more of a DFS play than Michael Thomas is because the salary is going to be much That's less. Boy. And, you know, he he's, he's still gets some catches, and he has that deep threat ability. Even Brandon Coleman is stealing some catches, so he, Breeze is spreading it around. But right now, at the salary to Michael Thomas is, he's not a DFS play at all, no value. Um, but, of course, you are playing him um, in other formats. Scott, Philadelphia 33, San Francisco 10. This is a pretty easy game to predict, right? The rain may have thrown it off for a while, but in the end, I, I think it figured it ended the way that we thought it would. And now, of course, there'll be Jimmy Garoppolo there, so maybe things will be different. Scott, we're not going to talk about Carson Wentz. He's fantastic. LeGarrette Blunt with a cheap touchdown, by the way, which helped me in DFS. Where do you see LeGarrette Blunt moving forward? Yeah, I mean, I see him as where he is right now. He's, I mean, listen, he gets a touchdown, but he ran the ball 16 times, only got 48 yards, three yards of carry. He's. He is what he is. He, to me, he's a plotter, and when he gets inside the five, has a chance to score if they give him the ball. I mean, Corey Clement took 10 carries. You know, a little disappointing. He saw nothing at a Wendell Smallwood. So, I mean, Blunt is, you know, he is what he is. He's an RB2, which is he's touchdown dependent, and that's pretty much what it comes down to um, from the Eagles running back side. I'm sorry, Scott. Did you say uh, Wendell small workload? Yeah, that, that's <laughs> I, I right. I thought that one all day. All day I thought that one. That, very, very nicely done there. Uh, very nice dive. Two, two touches for uh, Mr. Smallwood. <laughs> Uh, Scott, death taxes and Zach Ertz, we both put out on Twitter. I mean, it's just a great call by you. You said at the beginning of the year, he's going to be a number one fantasy tight end. Uh, but Jeffrey caught a bomb here. Uh, Aguilar, Jeffrey, thoughts? 
I mean, it's again another thing. This is this is a tough game to read on the receiver side, only because it was pouring. They really they weren't really throwing the ball. Went to link through for two eleven. Jeffrey makes that big play. He, he that that touch that uh, touchdown catch is what he was brought here to do. Went up, got the ball, fought yeah, off a defender, fought off, yep. got it in. It's exactly what he was brought here to do. Um, I still like Algalore. I think he has built nice chemistry with Wentz, uh, just the same way Ertz has. So he's still on your radar. But you could probably put Jeffrey slightly ahead of Algalore, and Jeffrey's due to continue going forward. So if he makes more catches like this and you know gets more touches, he, he's worthwhile as a uh, low end wide receiver one. Algalore, I'll put as a wide receiver two. Scott, there's no one who's more interested in the trade deadline than you tomorrow because you got a lottery ticket in Matt Breida, who scored a touchdown, if Carlos Hyde is gone by 4 p.m. on Halloween. Breida, Hyde, talk to me. Yeah, I mean, look, if, if, if Hyde's not traded, then, you know, Breida will get involved in the offense, but not, not enough, I think, to warrant a weekly play, uh, maybe a matchup-dependent DFS play. But if Hyde does get traded, then he becomes a factor, you know, it may change now with them breaking in a brand new quarterback. I'm sure Garoppolo is going to play start immediately, or maybe maybe Beathard plays one more week and get Garoppolo acclimated with the offense. But he's going to play, so things may change there. But it, it's all dependent on if Hyde gets traded. And you know that's another that's another back for the Seattle to consider. But I highly doubt they trade him in division. Pierre Garcon droppable. Uh, I mean. You know, he's. I think he's still got some value, but I think he got banged up in this game too. So, not sure what his uh, health, what help, what is going to be health wise going forward. But I wouldn't cut ties with him just yet. But, and I think with Garcia, with Garoppolo going forward, he may add some more value because at least we know Garoppolo can throw the ball from what we've seen. So, yeah, he might offer some value with Jimmy G. Carolina, Tampa Bay. This was one of those ho hum games. I got drilled on Twitter for taking a shot with the Tampa Bay defense and DraftKings on a low value pay. Listen, I didn't get any turnovers. Only gave up 17 points, so it wasn't a terrible decision. But Carolina beats Tampa Bay 17 to three. You know, I love, Cam I New- love, I love when you defend your decisions. They had no sacks in this game. <laughs> I know they had. I said no sacks, no nothing. But you know, I also got told by you and everybody else that Carolina was going to blow them out. Won the game 17 to three. Uh, uh, I'm, so, I'm sorry. Does, I'm sorry. Seventeen to three isn't a blowout. <laughs> what, what do you always have to be? Forty-two to set. I'm pretty. I'm pretty confident that when you guys on Twitter were going after me, you were expecting Carolina to put up a thirty-five spot, not seventeen. No, the game Regardless. went exactly as I thought it would. Exactly to a T. Nostradamus Randall, he got it on <laughs> cue. Seventeen three. That game was. So then, since you had that game, Peg, talk to us about the fantasy impact in that game because there wasn't much. I, I'm gonna say this, Scott, and I mean I'm a truther. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to characterize this man that I'm a truther. Scott, Jonathan Stewart's going to have a big game this year. I don't know when it's coming, okay? It's got like <laughs> seven or eight chances, so I mean, you, I, you know. You know. Scott, there's going to be a game when Jonathan Stewart is the DFS play of all DFS plays. Okay, so I like that he got the goal line touch. I think they've played a lot of tough run defenses. Tampa actually has a good run defense. They were a sieve in the secondary, but they have a good run defense. I'm telling you, folks. Jonathan Stewart at some point is going to bust. I don't know what it's going to be. Outside of that, listen, Cam Newton's run a little bit. Scotty at 44 yards. I think next week at home against Atlanta, because you know I think Atlanta's soft. I think Cam Newton has a job to do a real nice job to be pretty good at home. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin caught the touchdown. He's the number one option there. Scott, here's one for you. Tell me about this. Two games when Funches did well, 17 total targets. Last two games, 17 total targets. He's done nothing. Does that mean that he is going to produce again? Or does that mean that those two games were a, a, a total mirage? 
I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, I think he's going to have a game, but I don't think he is a, you know, he's not a week in, week out play. So I say part Mirage, and he'll probably have, well, they got eight games left. He'll probably have two and a half to three decent games down the stretch. My thoughts on Christian McCaffrey are very simple. Somebody put it out on Twitter today. I think I retweeted it. Basically, they spent, what was he, a first, second round pick? I think it's first, yeah, first round pick. First, yep. They spent a first round pick on a slot receiver that averaged seven yards per reception because he can't run the ball. And the reason he can't run the ball, Scott, is now they're giving is, is he's just not as good a running back right now for some reason. Now, no one's running the ball in Carolina, to be fair. But Scott, they gave Cameron Artist Payne for uh, uh, carries. So he's strictly a receiver. He had five receptions, 49 yards. I think if you get five receptions from him, you should be happy. But he's not somebody that I'm targeting. I don't think he's an RB2. I think he's a special matchup guy. I think I think half the weeks then the rest of the year he's going to be the leading receiver reception wise maybe not yardage wise but he's going to be the leading receiver reception wise and when you're playing fantasy and PPR that, that that's important yeah the carries are not there I mean but nobody like I said no one's getting carries I mean Newton and Stewart both had eleven and then artists paying them McCaffrey four so they're not running the ball because they're not running effective I think I think as the season goes on I think he's going to get a few more carries um, you know what he does with them will be up to him but his value is in the receptions and I do think as we go down the stretch, he will compete with Benjamin for the leading uh, reception getter on the team. All right, let's switch over to the Tampa side. We already talked about Jameis Winston. I don't know if you get ready to play the Undertaker music for him, but Jameis Winston, 210 yards, two picks, quarterback rating of 49.2, absolutely atrocious. Um, you asked me where I put him rest of the season. Where do you put Jameis Winston rest of the season? He's fragile Winston, meaning if one thing goes wrong, if there's one slight problem, he's a disaster. He's injured, Scott. He's definitely injured. He's normally not this bad. The three touchdowns in Buffalo did not throw me off with descent. He was terrible for most of the game, and they had a massive comeback in the second half. That doesn't mean he's hot, okay? Their schedule, and I'll, I'll do all the Tampa Bay people right now, Doug Martin, Mike Evans, forget Jackson, feast or famine. You want to throw Cameron Brady in there, that's fine. They have a very good schedule the rest of the way. The problem is I don't know for who the schedule is good for. At New Orleans, home Jets, then three road games, Scott. At Miami, at Atlanta, at Green Bay. Now, not terrible opponents, okay? But road games are road games. Then Detroit and Atlanta at home and and Week 16 championship, uh, fantasy championship at Carolina. I like Doug Martin probably the best. He was 18 for 71 in this game. Mike Evans is great. He's having trouble, but he's always going to be a target. I don't like Winston moving forward. I do not like Jackson. If you want to make Brady tight end one, that's fine. So obviously Evans. I like Doug Martin. Have I'd say what do you say? He's got three RB one weeks in the remaining few games. Let's go with that. And of course uh, Cameron Braid. I think because of volume. That's all I think about Tampa Bay. But no, I have Jameis Winston outside my top 12 rest of the season. Yeah, I think Martin's a probably the best value there as well. I mean, it, it, it's it's his backfield. I mean, you know, Jaquiz Rodgers gets one carry and that's it. So he's dominating touches and he's. I think he has the ability to have, maybe, like you said, three, maybe even four or five RB1 weeks down the stretch. So Martin, to me, most valuable, obviously, behind Mike Evans. You know, Scott, I'm really trying to learn this DFS thing that you taught me, but I'm sure you've had many weeks like this. After the one o'clock games, I thought like, oh, there really wasn't that much scoring. <laughs> and then yeah. we got to Seattle-Houston. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, and, and oddly <laughs> enough, we only had two games on a four o'clock slate too yesterday, which is a very thin four o'clock slate. But man, that game did not disappoint. That is definitely right up there, if not surpassed Rams Niners from Thursday night as now the game of the year. And there's some things, Scott, that that bother me, and some that don't with this DFS stuff. You know, I saw that Paul Richardson was cheap. I think he was like three point seven. I saw it. But I, I, I couldn't have predicted this, obviously, not even close. But, like, it did at least cross my mind. You know, so 
Here's what didn't cross my mind, Scott. I'm not playing DeAndre Hopkins or Deshaun Watson in Seattle, okay? Now, if you told me they were going to light up what could be the best defense in the NFL, then fine. But, Scott, you can't explain to me that people would logically spend $8,000 on DeAndre Hopkins going to Seattle. But I guess, right, the McNair comments must have fired up the team, no? Yeah, I mean, something fired them up. Listen, you know, that's, that, that's, a, that's a conversation for another podcast. But they were, you know, they were ready to go and... I mean, you know, despite the three interceptions and the outcome, you got to be thoroughly impressed by the by Deshaun Watson. I mean, that's a very tough place to play, you know. And that early interception he throws for a touch uh, pick six could have easily deflated him. It did not. You know, it's a lot of money to pay for DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, he's always going to get the targets, and that's a, t- a very tough spot and a tough matchup to pay for. But listen, if you did, you got rewarded because he was the number one. Uh, DraftKings producer this week. So, you know, and that big uh, touchdown that he got, that 72-yarder, really set the tone for him. One of my good friends in fantasy, Scott, is Matt Kelly. You know this. I wrote for the site for a while. We had a bit of an argument on Twitter beginning of the year. I said DeAndre Hopkins is a much better fantasy receiver than Des Bryant. I think I won that you, argument. You, you've won that one. <laughs> now, to defend him, he probably didn't expect this from Watson and thought Tom Savage would be throwing footballs to DeAndre Hopkins. I, However, I, you, you I, did I said it with Tom Savage. Oh, well, because uh, I don't. I think I think Deshaun is. I mean, I think uh, Des, of course, is touchdown dependent. However, uh, Scott, here's what I'm going to say about Deshaun Watson. This is my question for you: What quarterback would you take over him rest of schedule? There's not many. Deshaun Watson, I think, rest of the schedule is one of these quarterbacks that may be a part of a championship-winning fantasy team. He's just offering both ends of me. Like, he throws for 402 yards. Yeah, he threw the three picks with four touchdowns. And then he goes 67 yards on the ground. He's reminding me of what RG3 did uh, three, four years ago. But he's doing it better. Um, you know, whether or not he keeps us up down the stretch is yet to be seen. But for me, there's not many quarterbacks – you know, Tom Brady, I think, is definitely right there because he you know, throws his touchdown passes. But outside of that, with Rodgers hurt and, you know, other guys not producing the way they normally do. I mean, right now, Watson has got to be a top three quarterback the rest of the season. No? Scott, here we go. Tell me, yes or no, is he in the top three? Ready? Home, Indianapolis. Yes. At the Rams. Yes. Home, Arizona. Yes. At Baltimore. That's a tough one. I'll go no. At Tennessee. Yes. San Francisco. Yes. At Saxonville. What is that? Was that week 16? That's 15. It's 15. Uh, we'll say no, but he'll be right there. Blitzburg at home 16. Yeah, he'll be right there again. There's I'm going to go. I'm going to go no, but he's a quarterback one. I mean, he, he is. He's, you know, he's top three quarterback, no? Uh, DeAndre Hopkins we're not talking about. Will Fuller's been fantastic. I think he's really becoming the, a great second option because obviously Hopkins is taking away targets. By the way, good move by me dropping him on uh, on Saturday night. Great job by me in my league. Uh, Scott, Lamar Miller, does he get a boost? 21 for 54 and a touchdown? It's a solid effort in, a, in an environment like that. He, you know, I think the, the telling part is that the part here, there's no Deontay Foreman. Um, so Lamar Miller with the touches. He had two touchdowns, but only averaged 2.6 yards a carry. That's all right. I mean, you know, I, I don't think you were expecting much. If you could have told me pregame Lamar Miller's going to score twice and get, what, 75 total yards? I would have bet, you, I bet no? you $200. And then you would have been thrilled. So, to me, Lamar Miller, it's a tough place to play. It's a big effort from him. And, you know, it's he, he's got RB2 value down the stretch. Uh, slide over, Scott. Seattle, Russell Wilson's on absolute fire. He's like almost overshadowing this game by Deshaun Watson in some sort of way because Watson's a rookie. But what Wilson has been tremendous. That's 14 touchdowns, I think, Scott, in his last four games, something like that. 
Uh, Russell Wilson is fine. I still believe in Thomas Rawls, Scott. Why? Why, why I do I believe in I, Thomas Rawls? I, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't believe in anybody in that backfield. <laughs> don't even waste my time with that. Let's go to the receivers. You want to believe in him? Do, do it. If they trade for Frank Gore, then we can talk about the Seattle backfield. Uh, Doug Baldwin uh, didn't do well. The other guys took over, but he had 10 targets. Scott, Paul Richardson, Tyler Lockett, rest of schedule. Who do you like? I still like. I mean, I like Paul Richardson from the beginning of the year, so I'll stick with Paul Richardson. I think he has, I think he's more of a uh, red zone threat than Lockett is. I think yeah. Lockett needs to break a big play out and bre- run one off. I think Richardson can make the plays inside the 20, which will lead to more touchdowns. Scott, true or false, Jimmy Graham is a fake breakout performer because he had two touchdowns and only four catches. He is a fake breakout performer, and I want to know what Bill O'Brien's thinking on that last play to touchdown. Call a timeout. All right. I know you don't want to stop the clock, but the defense had no clue what was going on. You would have caught that touchdown pass. I would have caught that touchdown pass. It didn't matter who it was. There was not a defender within 20 yards of Jimmy Graham on that game winner. Just call a timeout. The defense was clueless. They didn't know what to do. Last thing, Scott, Seattle defense? Uh, Nervous? You know, yeah, I mean, listen, I, I haven't been on them this year. I think they, they've come back down to earth a little bit. I mean, they're still playable matchup-wise. but Cliff Avril, yeah. that important? <laughs> Yeah, he's obviously a little bit important. Uh, you know, they're playable on a matchup basis. They're not, but they're not a lock every week like they have been in years past. The other four o'clock game: Dallas, Washington, and another monsoon. One of these wet games here. Cowboys in what might have been their last game with Ezekiel Elliott for six weeks. Beat the Redskins thirty-three to nineteen. You already said it. Elliott is fantasy gold. DFS. It doesn't matter. He's he's there. But how about Dak Prescott, Des Bryant, that combination there? Talk to me a little bit about that. Scott, the reason – I want to say something is Elliot. The reason with Elliot is, Scott, there are so few things that are guaranteed. The way to win fantasy football is consistency. When you figure out your lineups, you're trying to figure out what you can count on. Scott, who I don't can't think of anything else you can count on besides Elliot. He's on the field for all three downs. He catches it, he runs it, and the team's game script when they get to the five – is to run the ball. Like, it's unbelievable. I don't care if he's $10,000, you got to play him on, on DraftKings. I think McCoy is close. I no, because McCoy, they were given the ball close. to Tolbert for most of the year. The last two weeks, yes, but they were given the ball to Tolbert. He didn't have a touchdown until, two, until last week. That's why Elliott's better. I mean, you're right. Elliott's putting up numbers are going to be wrong, but he was shut down in Denver. He has had a bad game here at you know, at least oh, one. Man, that that's one, the only game, bro. But, I mean, that's the only game. I mean, this, and I'm not down. No, I'm not knocking you. I'm, I agree oh. with you. He's right there. He's as top as they come as a guarantee. But, it, well, now we won't know what his salary is going to be because he may not play this week. But if he it does. Was nine, I think like, it was. I looked it up. It was 92, I think. I looked it up. Yeah, it'll it'll get even higher. A nine, nine point, nine point oh, nine point it'll, it'll, it'll be similar to what uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo is. Oh, 12,000. Antetokounmpo. Milwaukee. 12,000 in uh, NBA DFS. Deer the deer. I love those courtside seats there, Scotty. Okay. Uh, Dak Prescott, Scott. I like what Dak's doing. I give him a lot of credit. I wanted to – it's funny. I wanted to bench him in this game because I didn't like the rain. Here's the issue. I say, I'll say i say it again. The reason he's been successful is because Zeke has been such a force. Not that Dak can't do it, Scott, but he doesn't have a second receiver. Cole Beasley, by the way, had to get talked to. Did you hear that on the, on the uh, telecast by, by um, Jason Garrett? He thought he was getting traded? I mean, they have no second receiver, and I just think teams are going to figure it out. So it's either Des Bryant on a lob to the end zone because he can't get open man-to-man in the middle of the field, or Jason Witten. So I'd be careful with Des moving forward unless Zeke is still there. So you you, you in the past have been a proponent of anybody in the Pittsburgh backfield can replicate what Le'Veon Bell does. Is that going to be the case now if Elliott's out? Are you confident 
that McFadden and or Morris will be able to fill in and just produce? Well, it's kind of a trick question, right? If you told me that they split, like, for example, if, if D'Angelo Williams didn't get the goal line carries, but the way the Pittsburgh system is, is they ride one guy. I will tell you this. If Darren McFadden gets every single rep that Elliott gets, he'll put up the same numbers. There you go. There's a and hot the, take. And, and will this will Prescott be able to to uh, not be affected by the fact that Elliott's not there? Will Prescott be able to move forward and still produce it on a fantasy basis week in and week out without Elliott and McFadden back there? Oh, he he will. Yeah, he will. I mean, he he will. They just they need a second receiver. I don't care if it's Ryan Switzer. They need somebody to step up. He's been doing it all year, Scott. And and you remember, Des Bryant had some really tough cornerback matchups beginning of the year. He was still doing it. So absolutely. They have to give it to – if Darren McFadden's back there, he's going to produce. It's the line. It's not Elliott. I'm not buying it. How would T.Y. Hilton look in that Dallas Cowboy uh, uniform? Oh, my God. And then Dak Prescott's top five quarterback rest of the year because he's doing this with smoke and mirrors, Scott. He really is. Let's go to the Washington side. Kirk Cousins, 263, a touchdown and interception. You know, running back-wise – well, first let's go to Cousins. Where do you put Cousins the rest of the season? I mean, it's a in the rain. You know, was it – not a terrible performance. wasn't great by any stretch, but Kirk Cousins and this Redskin team, how do you figure this team out the rest of the way? That's a rain game, Scott. If it wasn't a rain game, I think he would have done a lot better. Schedule is interesting coming up. He's at Seattle, home Minnesota, at New Orleans, home Giants. None of those games are really impossible, by the way, especially at Seattle now. At Dallas, at the Chargers, Arizona, and Denver. So it's pretty good schedule. I think Cousins is going to be fine. fine. I think he's a solid top eight quarterback rest of schedule. Rob Kelly gets a touchdown, but only eight carries, 19 yards. I know you were excited for the touchdown. You put that out on Twitter. You've been waiting weeks for that. But as but as far as the rest of the running back, he gets eight for 19. Thompson only gets four for 18. But again, Thompson does what he does in the passing game, eight for 76. Receiving-wise, I was all over Josh Dotson. He scored a touchdown, but I don't, I don't care. He had one catch for one yard, so I was dead wrong on that one. Oh, what, what happened to the points? All that matters is the points. Well, listen, the points matter, but when it's on one yard touchdown pass, it doesn't mean to enough to me. To your defense partner, he did have 50 snaps. To your defense, oh, he's on the field 50 times. I, and that's what I was hoping for, but, you know, listen, I'm not going to lie to you. I did not see much of this game as I'm driving home in a torrential downpour from a Halloween party on Sunday afternoon. However, you know, I kept seeing the stats, refreshing, so I had nothing there, and then I get the touchdown, whatever, I'll take that. It didn't really do much for me, but... Jamison Crowder gets nine for 123. Is this just a one-week deal, or can Crowder build off this? Uh, you're not going to believe me, Scott, but I had Jamison Crowder in my DFS lineup, and I took him out. I thought this was a big Jamison Crowder week, and I got thrown off with the rain. The rain threw me off because I didn't think Dotson was going to produce. Pryor is buried. I thought this was a Jamison Crowder game the whole time, but I just took him out because I made a mistake, and that's what I do. But I love Jamison Crowder. I've loved him all year. I thought he was going to lead the league in reception, Scott. A lot of fantasy analysts did. He did. So I, I think he's going to have a very, very big second half. Yes, I am. I, I believe in Jamison Crowder. Rest of schedule. Absolutely. Undertaker theme for Terrell Pryor? I don't believe in Josh Dotson, so I can't do it. Well, Terrell Pryor is not even on the stat sheet, my friend, and this has happened a couple times now. So Yeah, and there's been a lot of other guys who haven't been on the stat sheet, but I'm not a knee-jerk reaction guy. Okay? All right, well, <laughs> then, let's, how about this? Can we play the Undertaker theme for Jordan Reed? Because I'm tired of the guy. I think we already did, didn't we? I think we already did. Let's do it again. Because honestly, we talked him up last week. We both talked him up last week. And what happens? One catch, five yards, got hurt again. He got I, hurt again. I just, he's done. Yeah, he's done. And yeah, Vernon Davis isn't – and by the way, that's another thing, Scott, that helps Crowder, right? Those intermediate routes. So I, I'm, I'm all in on Team Crowder moving forward. I agree with you. All right. And Scott, last game here, which was a, a real solid Sunday night game. 
Detroit, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh 20, Detroit 15. Scott, my thought on this game is as long as you get the win, it doesn't matter. That's a big win for Pittsburgh on the road. That was a feisty Detroit team. Let's talk. Uh, besides, we'll get to Mr. Schuster <laughs> in a minute, obviously. Scott, I wouldn't say Roethlisberger was great. Detroit's tough at home, but uh, rest of schedule, Ben Roethlisberger? Uh, he's a quarterback, too. I mean, I think he's going to get it right. He's he's going to get it right. I mean, he really has so the the – the inaccuracy has been something that just you don't see from him. He's missed so many deep balls. I mean, he probably could have had four touchdown passes uh, last night in this game. I mean, Eli Rogers drops one in his hands. He overshoots Hayward Bay, who was open by about 55 yards in the end zone. And then his interception, he overshot. Brian. He's, his accuracy is just not there. But I still think quarterback, too. And I think this is a good way to go into the bye. They go into the bye now at 6-2, and two, comfortable in the division. And they come out of it ready to go on, in week 10. So for me, he's a quarterback too. And I think he'll get better and he'll eventually maybe approach uh, top 12 status. Le'Veon Bell, another one of these guys who just, again, not a big game, throwing three yards per carry. Detroit is good run defense, though. Just another guy you can rely on and many other people can. Only two receptions in this game, but at the running back position, which is very tough, he's as reliable as they come. Antonio Brown was going to be blanketed by Slay. Still had five for 70. There's no issue there. Scott, talk to me. Seven receptions, 193 yards, and a touchdown for Juju Smith-Schuster. We know Bryant's done. My question is, where is Schuster rest of schedule? Yeah, I mean, it's I, it's a tough one for me to gauge. I, I think I need to see him play another game out of the break, um, see where it stands. I, we'll, we'll know tomorrow or you know by the time we record this next episode whether or not Bryant was traded. I don't think he will be. I'm sure there are teams looking for him. I heard Carolina inquiring, trying to get another receiver to go with Benjamin down there. And oh, that's all they need, another deep yeah. threat with an inaccurate quarterback. Yeah. Oh, that's well, a great idea. I heard that. Listen, he played a great game. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a little message sent by the coaching staff to get him involved. We knew Brown would be covered by Slay, so this was going to be a prime spot for him. He's got 193 yards, 97 of those on that, you know, just straight run down the middle touchdown pass for, you know, from the three-yard line that Ben got one of his passes. He's definitely roster-worthy, and he will be playable. I just want to see a game, one more game, to see how, more, how much more involved he is. I mean, if he gets four or five catches a week, then he becomes a factor. Oh, Scott, it's not like their head coach does anything vindictive. It's not like he would trip a player who's actually running down the sideline, right? Uh, kick off get over it. Get over it. <laughs> uh, moving over to Detroit, Scott Amir Abdullah, 11 <laughs> rushes, 27 yards. Yeah, well, I mean, at least I didn't feel bad about trading him because um, he lost the goal line touches, but it wasn't even to Zach Zenner. Dwayne Washington was there. Uh, yeah, Abdullah is what he is. Uh, you know, they, there was some stat up there. I think that Matthew Stafford – in in his career, has only had a hundred yard rusher, I think, seven times since he's been a lying quarterback. I mean, it's just it's insane. And Scott, you know, did you were, see my? You saw my tweet, right? I, I actually I, I believed did. he was getting the goal. Uh, what yeah. am I stupid? Yeah. <laughs> El, 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 Elmo made a uh, a Twitter appearance for a yard. Well, listen, that's why I traded them. I, I was able to find someone to buy on him. He's going to get carries, but he's extremely touchdown dependent. And if he's not going to get the goal and carries, then what is he? He's nothing more than. Uh, running back that's got no value, and that's what he is right now. Same thing for Theo Riddick. He's not involved. Wayne Washington was on that on the field, I want to say, about 50% of the time last night. So the Lion backfield is becoming a uh, an issue just like the Seahawks backfield is. Scott, the Theo Riddick stuff makes no sense to me because he can still play. I have no idea whether they're not using him. But, Scott, talk to me about my other receiver. Not only do I have Juju Smith-Schuster, Scott, I have Marvin Jones Jr. Woo! Marvin Jones, he played big, big game, two big plays. He's definitely playable year long. I don't think he's a wide receiver one. 
He's a wide receiver too. As Tate gets healthier, I mean Tate Tate played a little banged up last night, so it's seven for eighty six. Just so the he's fumble, there. yeah, just that fumble. Fumble is a killer. I mean, and that that does a momentum swing. I mean, listen, the Steelers defense was very good inside the ten last night. I mean, yeah, you know, the first the first try, I don't know what Jim Caldwell's doing, not kicking a field goal. You take the points in that situation, but the defense played well there. But Tate had a good game. He doesn't fumble. It looks much better than it is. Uh, but Marvin Jones is, is a definite wide receiver too. Um, down the stretch, uh, Stafford drew for 423 last night against that top-rated Steeler pass defense. Great win for the Steelers. Just win, baby. Moving on. There, I'm taking the Raiders and the Steelers. I'm going to get Raider and Steeler fans mad at me. Scott, third quarter. Here we go. All right, third quarter. This was the Thursday night game. We touched on this for about 30 seconds in our last episode, and I think we're probably going to touch on this for about a minute here. Uh, Baltimore 40 to nothing against Miami. There's obviously nothing to talk about really on the Dolphins side. I mean, unless are are you worried about JJ yet, or are you still giving him a pass? Scott, you got to look beyond the obvious. There's too many people who are giving up on JJ. I understand he has 200 yard games in the last 16, whatever the heck it is, uh, something like that. Here's the schedule, Scott. You tell me. Would you feel comfortable starting him as an RB two or better? Ready? Home, Oakland. Yeah. Sunday night, by the way, 8.30 start. I think that's a big game for Ajayi. At Carolina. Yeah. Home Tampa Bay. Yes. At the Patriots. Um. Yeah, I guess you could play him as an RB2. Home Denver. No. Home New England. Wow, two, two, twice New England, three weeks, huh? Yeah, uh, yeah you can. At Buffalo. Had no. 200 yards last year against Buffalo. I, I don't care it was last year. No. At Kansas City. No. All right. So basically, you know, like I'm kind of most as I agree with you, but I think Ajayi is worth noting. I think Kenny Stills is better than Jarvis Landry. I'm not a Jarvis Landry guy. I think he had his touchdown three consecutive weeks, and I'm just not on him. I'm moving on. Outside of that, that's pretty much it. I wouldn't even uh, Devontae Parker. You know, the injuries really hurt him. He's so talented, Scott, but he just gets injured too much. So that's it for for them. And on the Ravens side, fantasy wise, are you a believer in Alex Collins? I'm a believer in Alex Collins. I think this was a big game for him. I, I He had 18 carries, 113 yards, Scott. Keep in mind, Danny Woodhead could be back. There's rumors Danny Woodhead's coming back. So Javorius Allen's days may be numbered because I think Woodhead's going to be a lot more productive than him. I think you got to buy in Alex Collins is the only guy I'm interested in. I'm not interested in Jerry, Ma- Jeremy Macklin either because he always gets injured. That's it. Yeah, well, if Woodhead comes back week 10, he'll be hurt week 11, so... Uh, that's my guy. You're hitting a uh, guy there. Uh, all right, next one, Scott. Cleveland, Minnesota. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to make fun of myself, man. I always get on people for first quarter trash talk, and I was pumping my chest, man, taking nine and a half, and sure enough, the Vikings come back to win 33-16. to 16. Scott Cleveland, anything worth talking about? Isaiah Crow scored. Yeah, um, and he was not in your lineup, right? Of course not. Why would he be? <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, yeah, Isaiah Crowell is, and that's you know, 11 foot. It's a nice carrot. It's a nice average against a pretty stout, uh, pretty tough Viking defense. Other than that, Kaiser's not worth talking about. Duke Johnson, he didn't do enough, and any of these receivers really are. You know, Sammy Coates had two catches, so, you know, they're just throwing the ball to anybody who wants to try to catch it. So Cleveland on the receiving side, not even worth talking about. Crowell, I think, is still a good buy-low candidate um, for the rest of rest of season. So if you can go out and get him, you need some help. I think their buy comes up this week, I believe. So after that, you know, you're buy-free with a running back that should get 
a decent amount of touches. You ain't going to believe it, Scott. I texted Scott. I woke up and I went to bed. This is pathetic, folks, but I love fantasy football. Thinking about whether I should start Jonathan Stewart or Isaiah Crowell. When I woke up that morning, woke up a little late, game had already started. Scott, you know if I put Crowell, Crowell and I win by one point? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> You know, listen, uh, (laughs) it happens to the best of us. I mean, listen, it happened back to back with me with Carson Wentz with you. Yeah, well, you know, that's Carson Wentz should have played, but that's a different story. But yeah, Crowell or Stewart, look, Crowell hasn't done much. You're not a London guy. A lot of things happen. Weird things happen in London. And the weird things was Crowell at 118 total yards (laughs) and a touchdown. So that was your weird thing. And it would have been a very productive fantasy day for you. Scott, you talked about McKinnon versus Murray. We already went over that. Case Keenum, forget it. Here's my question. Can Case Keenum or Teddy Bridgewater support two wide receiver two or betters for Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen moving forward? If your answer is no, then who's the better play? I think they can. Um, I think they have. I think Diggs played this game. I I don't think he was 100%, you know, but he got in there and played. Thielen is really becoming a reliable guy, and he finally gets in the end zone. Very creative uh, touchdown celebration, paying homage to the soccer fans in England and London. Uh, but Thielen has become consistent, and I think Diggs will be fine. Uh, if he gets healthy, gets another week under his belt, I believe they also have a bye this week, so that'll give him some time to get ready for week uh, week 10. And I think either one, Keenum or Bridgewater, I mean, we got to see something out of Bridgewater, see what he is, if he does play, how healthy he is, but I think they'll be fine. Listen, Keenum's done a very efficient, solid job here. I mean, the Vikings are 6-2 and two, with Case Keenum leading the way most of the season. To me, that's a pretty solid job. And Vikings defense, any thoughts? Yeah, they're playable matchup dependent, but they're a playable defense. Uh, you know, I don't have their rest of season right in front of me, but I would say that probably five out of the remaining eight games are playable. Fair enough. Oakland went East Coast to Buffalo, and that those East Coast wins that they had all of last year not coming as easy this year. They get blitzed in Buffalo, thirty-four to fourteen. I don't really know what to make of the Raiders anymore. I mean, Derek Carr is becoming extremely inconsistent. Uh, Marshawn Lynch was not there, but he had been re- irrelevant all year anyway. He got a decent game out of uh, DeAndre Washington, uh, both running and passing. But let's start with Carr. Where do we put Derek Carr going forward? I think if he's home, you play him. If he's on the road, you sit him. He All the stats were out there. Sky doesn't do well in cold weather, East Coast, West Coast. You know what's fascinating, man, though? If this game was in Oakland, don't you have the feeling Carr throws for three touchdowns and no interceptions? Very, very possible. Isn't it amazing? Really, the home game does matter. So Derek Carr, uh, you know, rest of schedule. I don't know. I, I think you yeah, start so, him. Ma- oh, I start him in Mexico against the Patriots. How about that? Oh, here, here's rest of schedule. Sunday night at Miami. What is no? He? I would not start him on the road. No. Okay, then they get the bye week. Then they go home New England. Yeah, the Me- in the Mexico game. I'd start him there. Home Denver. No. Home Giants. Yes. At Kansas City. That's frisky. Uh, Low-end QB1. And then the playoff week, week week 15, home Sunday night, Dallas. Oh, my God, yes. Oh, dear and Lord. Then, and then your playoff championship week, Christmas night in Philadelphia. Oh, they don't play the – oh, they played the Jets already at Philadelphia. At Philadelphia, uh, probably not. That's Christmas not. night. Yeah, probably not. Probably not. So, yeah, half the games you're playing them. That's it. As far as a running back, Scott, they need Marshawn Lynch back. It was exactly – I'm patting myself on the back here. I told you Ola Wally's going to get the goal line touches, and he did, which means none of them are fantasy relevant. Please, DeAndre Washington's not going to get eight catches every week. I mean, you know, it was just one of those weeks, but I, I wouldn't trust anybody there. I know, but are you a believer in Marshawn Lynch? Yes, like, because maybe. I think, Scott, they got him for the playoff run. So I think you're going to start seeing 18 and 20 carry games. They wanted to save him. 
now they don't need to save him, especially since he got suspended. Yes, I think moving forward, he is the guy to own. Yeah. All right. So Michael Crabtree goes five for 83. Amari Cooper, five for 48. So they both get five catches. Crabtree, more yards. Who finishes better rest of season, Cooper or Crabtree? I will never let you let you down, let, let you live that down. That you trade away Michael Crabtree. I, I will never, never understand that. Yeah, trade uh, actually week one. I won that trade, so we'll take it there. One uh, week, I won. Crit's insane. Michael Crabtree is one of the most reliable wide receivers too. He's going back to what I was saying before. I like Crabtree. I like Cooper. I'm still a Cooper guy. Scott, he had 10 targets. He had the same amount of targets as Crabtree. I think they're both solid plays. I think I like Crabtree in standard. Um, and I like Cooper and PPR. That's what it comes down to. He's going to get the targets. They're both are going to be fine. Where do you put Tyrod Taylor going forward as far as fantasy relevancy? Where do I put Tyrod Taylor, Scott? I'm going to tell you where I put Tyrod Taylor. He's fantastic. He's a fantastic football player. He is a guy you should start with confidence rest of schedule. I got him in your league, and I'm starting him every week. I feel super confident. I love Tyrod Taylor. I think he's fantastic. He's getting Jordan Matthews back, who's another guy I love. Love him. He's a top eight quarterback rest of schedule. They have nine games left. Can out of the out of these nine, can five of them be quarterback one weeks? You ready? Go. At the Jets Thursday night. Hundred percent. Then home Saints. Dear Lord. At the Chargers. Dear Lord. At the Chiefs. Anything else? Home Patriots. What else do you want? Home Colts. Yep. Home Dolphins. Three in a row, baby. At the Patriots, at the Dolphins. So, Can yes. I get an amen from the congregation? Woo! <laughs> so, yeah, yes, Mr. Taylor is definitely a playable option uh, rest of schedule for Le- sure. LeStraw McCoy is an RB0. That's how good he is rest of schedule. <laughs> okay, okay we'll skip on. that. You jumped on Jordan Matthews, uh, three for 21. I saw you made a very minor deal in our league today. You I shipped pumped, out Danny Scott, Amendola. I swear, to you, I swear to you on our partnership, I was pumping my fist and clapping when he had accept on that. I'm so excited. Jordan Matthews. Scott, very simple. Andre Holmes, Zay Jones, Brandon Tate, Deontay Thompson came back to earth, by the way, and Jordan Matthews. Does anyone have even close to the experience and the and the, the resume that Jordan Matthews has? Anything close? No, they don't. This, this, however, is another team that could use a T.Y. Hilton for sure if you're shopping them. Well, that would hurt Jordan Matthews. But if they don't make a trade, Scott, Jordan Matthews is a wonderful pickup. Go out and get him. I dropped Will Fuller for him. That looks bad right now, but I'm very confident with Jordan Matthews moving forward. I love Jordan Matthews. Love him. Which league did you drop Fuller in? Just so I can uh, oh, you make, pick him make, up. Make, yeah, it's a Jersey Pride League. Yeah, <laughs> stupid. I drop. Yeah, because my wide receivers are. It's terrible. It's a terrible move by me. But that's fine. What do you get? You know, I like Jordan Matthews moving forward. I bet you Jordan Matthews is better than Will Fuller in PPR moving forward. How about that bet for you? Yeah, I'd book that bet, but we won't do that anyway. Let's move. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's. Uh, Let's move on. Let's move on. Next game, Scott. Indy Cincy. And I'm going to give you credit here, man, because you said this game was a little frisky. You said, would it shock you? And you were right on the money, man. Indianapolis only lost by 1.2423. So good call by you. Listen, Dalton was solid, right? Two touchdowns. He had, uh, you know, another point running. He had in 17 29, but he was not amazing. I would say he was not amazing. So good call by you. Scott, on the Thank other side. On the other side, Marlon Mack, we both liked him. Marlon Mack moving forward. Are they ever going to give him regular carries? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if they trade Frank Gore to Seattle, he'll get carries all day long. I mean, because Gore was still productive. And Gore's, you know, give him credit. At his age, he's doing five, five yards a carry, 82 yards. Mack's a very good a very good play um, going forward. He'll be more involved even if Gore is there. But I'm sure they're trying to move Gore, give him a chance to play in a contender. 
And if they do, Marlon Mack becomes a very, very viable option down the stretch. I just don't see Seattle. I mean, where they got they got Rawls, they got Lacey. They great, got they got they, great. They got fifteen running backs. None of them are any good. Yeah, but is, is Frank Gore than, that much better than those with that offensive line? You sure he's going to be good with that well, offensive they, line? They just they just shore up the offensive line. They they picked up one. They picked up Dwayne Brown. So they just you know shore up the line a little bit. I think Frank Gore is more of a threat than any of these backs are right now. No one's scared of Eddie Lacy. You're not scared of Thomas Rolls right now. McKissick, you're not scared of. So what are you doing? I think it gives you a veteran presence, a guy that can get you 60 yards a game and at least give you some sort of rushing attack. Not that it mattered this week because Wilson was throwing a ball to everybody and their mother anyway. But I think you need that down the stretch. And if Seattle wants to go for it, I, I think it's a good fit. Whether it happens or not, it's a different story. But we know they're we know they're out there dealing. They made it one trade already. Why not make it a second one? I don't think Gore's that much better than them. Plus, I'm also a Thomas Rolls truther. Uh, Scott Jack Doyle, twelve uh, for one twenty one. His last his last three weeks have been tremendous. Is he a must start rest of season? I don't know about a must must start, but he's getting there. I mean, it's a big game. You know, he's, he was in one of my DFS lineups, not the not the most important one, but he was uh, twelve for one twenty one. It's a big game. He's he's getting to that status with that position being so thin. We talked about Joe Mixon, Scott. Again, he had 167-yard reception, and then he had 11 rushes for 18 yards. Giovanni Bernard, where was he, by the way, Scott? I mean, he's not going to get in this game? What, what was yeah, going on? I, I guess not. Listen, I I, I think they're going to keep trying to feed Mixon, somehow get him involved. I mean, Jeremy Hill had nothing. Bernard did nothing. Uh, the, the Bengals need to do something to get this guy going. Uh, listen, the numbers aren't there. I think down. The, I think going forward, they will be. Bernard, there was a non-factor. Zero catches. He was targeted twice, but didn't get involved. You know, I, I I thought Bernard would be one of those guys that could steal one of those goal line uh, touches. None of them really came, you know, as Josh Malone scored and A.J. Green scored. But, yeah, I mean, the Bengals won the game, but it was uh, a little bit disappointing on a fantasy aspect, in my opinion. Tyler Croft, uh, tight end one, rest of schedule? No? I'm not buying Tyler Croft. I don't know I don't know why, to be quite honest with you, but I'm not. I, I, I don't believe rest of schedule he will be. Good enough to uh, produce tight end one number, so I will say no. Mixon also fumbled. You still taking credit for Joe Mixon? <laughs> sure. <laughs> taking credit for Joe Mixon. He, he will have a big second half. Maybe. All right, moving on. Next game. Chargers travel to New England. A game I thought might be some points and some action in this game. Really not much, uh, you know, besides Melvin Gordon busting off an 87-yard touchdown run. To get you a little closer, very to lucky, Fre- Scott, a little, a little, very, a little very closer lucky. to French toast. Very lucky, Scott. Was one run. The rest of the game is terrible. Very right. lucky. Again, the yards per carry. Listen, he's got a nine point four yards per carry in this game, but eighty seven on one carry. Um, I expected more in this game. I really did. The Chargers were hot. They were playing well. Patriots just lost out to Hightower. I mean, I we were both in these believed that the Patriots would win this game, but I thought we'd see more out of this. But it was Philip Rivers two twelve a pick and a touchdown. Not much there. Again, Melvin Gordon, we touched on. Let's go to the receivers. Uh, I mean, it seems like it's a uh, game of guess who on a weekly basis between Travis Benjamin and Tyrell Williams. This week, Benjamin gets a touchdown. Keenan Allen, I'm a little concerned about. It's from 4 for 61. Nothing great. He's been quiet for a couple weeks. Are you concerned about Allen, or do you think he'll be fine? No, I think he's going to be okay. I, I admit it hasn't been great, man, uh, but you know Belichick always schemes to take out your best player. Remember the game a couple years ago, Graham had no catches when he was scolding hot coming in with the Saints? So I, I'm not that concerned about it. Listen, he played Denver and New England back-to-back, Scott. Those are two tough games. Let's not forget against Philadelphia, he had 11 targets, 138 yards. Then he had 12 targets against the Giants. Then the Raiders, he had nine targets. So I, I get it, but he's going to be fine. And in terms of wide receivers with Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, T.Y. Hilton, all these guys really suffering, I admit it wasn't great. I just think it was a tough spot. 
Yeah, I think the biggest disappointment for me on this Sunday, at least in this game, was Hunter Henry. Two for two catches, eleven yards. Very disappointing. He was only targeted twice too, which was a, even a little more of a disappointment to me. I really thought he'd be involved more in this game, and he just really wasn't. So, you know, from from a Chargers standpoint, that was disappointing. Go to the Patriots side. Brady does what he does. Three thirty-three, a touchdown. Uh, he was sacked three times. Chargers got a little pressure, but really. Did you he, see he that did. stat, man? Um, Joey Bosa most sacks through the first 19, 18 games of his career. I, d- I did see that. He's uh, playing ver- very well on the outside there for the uh, Scott. No one remembers when he held out. Remember that whole holdout thing? After yeah. he said, no one remembers that anymore, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yep. <That's, laughs> listen, you're as good as long as you're producing. No one cares what happened a week ago. Patriot backfield. You hinted at it a little bit with Mike Gillisley. I talked about it last week, where I think he might you know be losing touches. And Deion Lewis again got fifteen touches. He out touched Gillisley. In the run game, uh, Rex Burkhead looked good. Well, he was on the field, mostly in the passing game. But, you know, is, has Lewis surpassed Gillisley now as the lead guy in this backfield? You know, the issue, Scott, is that they haven't had positive game script. The The pick of Mike Gillisley was based on the fact that the Patriots are going to win games, have a great record, be something like 14-2, and two, and be up in the second half. They haven't been. They've struggled. Well, I, mean, they're, they're, I mean, they're up 18-7 at the end of three. No, I mean, they're, they're not. But that's 18-7. That's not what I'm talking about. Scott, if LeGarrette Blunt was on this team this year, he'd be horrific as well. LeGarrette Blunt feasted off of goal line touches and the fact that he got massive yardage in the second half. It's the game script. Their defense is terrible. They're winning games, high-scoring games. This game was still close. Every If, the game, if I knew the games were going to be this close— then I never would have drafted Mike Gillisley. He's a game script dependent guy. Now listen, he's still got 11 carries. People on the, the CBS podcast or the podcast I listen to were complaining. Why is he getting the carries? Because he's the better back. The problem is Deion Lewis is is a, a, a scat back, but they're passing the ball every time, Scott. They go back there in shotgun every, every game. Every play they're in shotgun. So if that's the case, honestly... I think you could drop Mike Gillisley. I can't believe I'm saying it after that start that he had, but they're never at the one-yard line, and they're passing the ball constantly. It's ridiculous, but what and are you going to do? Game script. And they, and they are, and six different Patriots had six targets or more in this game, so he's just – I mean, he threw the ball, 40, uh, attempted 47 passes, but you had six guys with six targets or more. I mean, Gronkowski leads away with nine. He gets 57 yards at a touchdown. But Cooks had eight. Burke had Hogan both with seven, and then James White and Amendola with six targets each. Uh, you know, and you, when you look at these Patriot receivers, take take Gronkowski out of the out of the equation. I mean, is it Cooks? Is it Hogan? Are we? Are, are, is James White really becoming a every week play because of his uh, ability to get points in the passing game? He is. James White's an every week play. The problem is, I don't know if the touchdowns are going to be there, but he's an every week play. The reason I traded Danny Amendola, by the way, Scott, is because of Rex Burkhead. I think Rex Burkhead's an issue. I think he's going to eat away at those touches. Now, I know Hogan got taken off, but they have their bye this week, so he could be back in time. But Gronkowski, Cooks is terrible. Cooks is the, do not trade for Brandon Cooks. Don't play Don't play him. He's ridiculous. He's not reliable. It's a joke. And if you play him in DFS, you should go to your ATM, take out $100, and light it on fire that's what you should do he's a terrible play not in this offense yeah i've tried to move cooks in a couple leagues not happening uh, so i'm kind of stuck with him but hopefully you get a couple of touchdowns down the stretch last game scott afc atlanta and the jets good one here got this pick right one by a half point nice win 25 20 atlanta wins scott it was a rain soaked game are we worried about matt ryan though yeah, I mean, I you know, they got the win. I don't know if I could say this game would be one you're going to start worrying about. Them. Listen, they fumbled the snap four times, you know, because of the weather. 
you know, I had this one pegged where I thought the Falcons would win this one relatively easy. I mean, obviously, you know, the the rain changes the game script a little bit, but they win the game. I wouldn't be worried yet, um, I, especially with this game. I mean, he made a couple of nice plays. He, you know, not, you know, Muhammad Sanu made a nice catch in the end zone for a touchdown. He found your boy Hooper for a touchdown. So I think Matt Ryan, It was imp- I think it was a very good win in very, very bad conditions for the Falcons. It was a much-needed win, and, you know, the Jets just can't seem to close. They play well for three quarters. They just can't close. Tevin Coleman, Devontae Freeman, rest of schedule. Go ahead. I, I still want to lean towards Freeman if he's healthy, but Coleman is making it very difficult for me to do that. Scott, this schedule for Matt Ryan, tell me what you think. They're at Carolina. They're home Dallas. They're at Seattle. They're home Tampa. They're home Minnesota. They're home New Orleans. They're at Tampa, and they're at New Orleans. That's a good schedule. Yeah, it's a pretty, that's a very good schedule. Take away the two early road games you mentioned, the Seattle and the one and the other game, uh, the first one you gave me. That's a very good schedule for him. So let's say get that Seattle's is a, hard get, on the road. Forget Seattle. Yeah, <laughs> you know, listen, listen. I still I, I say that was a that was a I won't say that's an everyday thing. What we saw this week, uh, so I'd say it's still a tough play to roll him out there. But other than that, that's a get right schedule in the second half, and that's a schedule that the Falcons are going to need. With Carolina and the Saints winning games. Matt Forte went ballistic on the offensive coordinator. I think he had a right to, Scott, because he's the best all-around back there. Powell had 14 carries. He had four. Matt Forte, is that guy get traded? Yeah, yeah. I don't even think he went ballistic. I mean, you read the quotes. He went. He was pretty soft-spoken in going after the coordinator. There's a local reporter in the area that likes to put out headlines, and you read it. Stuff that's really not there. He, yes, they should have ran the ball more. I mean, it was pouring rain. They had a lead. They were trying to control this game. And he should have got more touches. So he's 100% correct in that. I agree. You know, And he didn't blast the guy. He said it was a shock that in these conditions, we game plan to run the ball more, and we didn't. He said either me or somebody else should have had more carries. And that, and it's true. They should have. You know, Josh McCown has done a nice job at the quarterback position, but he is good for two interceptions a game, and one of them is in a very key spot. So I, whole, I agree 100% with Forte that they should have ran the ball more. Scott, uh, Robbie Anderson. Uh, McDowell was actually pretty good this game. Now, he didn't have any interceptions. Uh, no. Turnovers. I'm sorry. Turnover. I meant turnovers. There was, I think there was a fumble in the game, or sometimes they just overshoot receivers. Most of these games this year, he's made one or two bad plays, and in this situation, they wanted to run the ball more. That was the game plan, and I think they should have, and he had, I think Forte had every right to yeah, say what he said. Scott, Robbie Anderson, last three games, he was um, four catches, 76 yards, then three catches, 35 yards, and a touchdown. And this game, six receptions on six targets, 104 yards, and a touchdown. Robbie Anderson. Yeah, yeah he's, he's becoming a very viable low-end wide receiver, too. I mean, he's in a an offense that's not expected to put up a lot of points, but he's coming reliable. He was targeted six times. He caught all six balls. He made a couple of nice catches. did a very nice job. Yeah, I think I expected more to Jermaine Curse. Didn't really get involved much. You know, Safarian Jenkins caught all his targets. But yeah, Robbie Anderson, I have no problem with you playing Robbie Anderson if you want to as a wide receiver too. Is Bilal Powell a running back to rest of schedule? I don't think so unless Forte is traded. Um, if Forte is not there come our next episode, then he can be. But if Forte is there, I, I, I don't think so. Because Forte, even though he may not be getting 10, 12 carries a game, he still offers enough in the passing game that Powell doesn't. Let's hit the fourth quarter. Scott, fourth quarter. Uh, first, congratulations on your picks. Well done with that. You're opening up a lead on me. I have to catch up. But I will take solace in my big DFS win, Scott. Very excited about that. And so I thought we'd talk some DFS. Do you want some more themes this week, Scott? 
Sure, go ahead. Congratulations on your win. A blind, a blind squirrel finds a nut once in a while. Russell Wilson with an outstanding job. So well done with your lineup. Uh, you, you're allowed to win one or two, and uh, don't don't get used to it, though. I got themes. I know you're, I know you're on the, the edge of your seat, Scott, for my themes. Here we go. Scott, this week, QB theme is dealer's choice. Dealer's choice. Really quick, and then we'll get more into it on Thursday. I just think, Scott, there's a lot of great quarterbacks this week, right? Watson, 8.1. Wilson, 7.3. Breeze, 7.0, hosting Tampa. Prescott, 6.7, hosting the Chiefs. Newton, 6.3, hosting Atlanta. Mariota, 6.0. I guess what I'm saying is you got guys there. The top six quarterbacks on DraftKings, Scott, are all home. Good week for them, no? Yeah, I would say so. Um, home home quarterbacks that are producing, you want nothing more than that with good matchups. So, yeah, that's a very good week, and it's a very good uh, uh, group of quarterbacks for you to choose from when making your DFS lineups. You know, the, the Watson matchup on paper uh, screams 35-point effort, which would surpass your three-time series from last week. That would put them at about four and a half. Uh, you know, the Breeze matchup, I think Breeze is due for a very big game. He hasn't really had one of those in a while, so that's coming. Yeah, these quarterbacks, very, very nice matchups all at home. So you can uh, you can build your lineup against a couple of st- around a couple of studs and take it from there. Scott, full disclosure, the running back theme here is the top is getting smaller, and this really pushed me over the edge to hit send on that deal. I'm looking at the running backs next week, Scott. Who are you playing? I mean, you got Zeke. Okay, if he plays, right? He's 9.0. Kareem Hunt in Dallas, 8.6. I don't know if he's going to hit 3x value. He hasn't been that great lately, but, I mean, he's up there. Scott, you got Fournette coming off the injury, but he's home and they're hosting Cincinnati, 8.4. Todd Gurley's at the Giants, 8.1. And then lo and behold, there's Mark Ingram, and they're hosting Tampa, 7.6. So not a lot of options there. I saw McCaffrey, 6.5, if you like him. Kamara, 6.3. Chris Thompson, game flow at Seattle, maybe, 6.1. One of my favorite ones, Scott, give me your thoughts on this. Scott, DeMarco Murray is 5.4? Yeah, but, you know, Baltimore... Not not how they've been in the past against the run, but DeMarco Murray has just looked old. I mean, he really hasn't done much. So I can get under- healthy, you know? Rest you're you're right. He no. did get a week to get healthy, but you can understand why his salary is what it is. Um, you know, 5,400, can you expect 16 points out of DeMarco Murray? I don't think so. Scott, Carlos Hyde, 5.2 against Arizona? He's- Carlos Hyde is playable. If he's still on the Niners, he's absolute playable there at that price. And I think as far as the upper echelon or a little higher – I think McCaffrey is a play at 6,500. And I think Lamar Miller, you can go back to him at home, too. I mean, he's going to get interesting. I mean, at home, he, you know, the Colts are 30th against the rush uh, against fantasy running backs. So tell me my, yeah. tell me your thoughts on that. This is my question, right? So the Seattle, Bonanza, right? But the guy not to play is Doug Baldwin. Okay. Is it possible? I don't think they can support DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller and Deshaun Watson and Lamar Miller. I know they just did, but that, you can't expect that, can you? No, I mean, but you know, let's let's keep let's keep the Will Fuller thing in perspective. He's got thirty. Thir- <laughs> Makes me feel good. Thir- I let him go. They talk. He, he keep he talking. Has, yeah. He has thirteen catches on the season. All right, <laughs> seven of for touchdowns. At this rate, he's going to have forty touchdowns on the season. It's not going to continue this way. He can be involved. He'll get catches. Can Watson throw for three hundred and Miller run for ninety in a touchdown and get a couple of catches? I think so. Scott, a couple I mean, more. Give me, uh, I'm sorry, just give me gut reaction. Ready, really quick. Tevin Coleman, 4.7 at Carolina. Yeah, Tevin Coleman's a play. You know, his price dropped. He was 5,000 last week. I think that's interesting, and he did really that's well. That's the, the road game, and Carolina's third against fantasy running backs. Nice. Uh, Marlon Mack, 4.1 at Houston? Uh, he's very enticing if Frank Gore's not there. If Frank Gore's there, you could probably still play him. 
you know, can you get 10 to 12? Probably, because you would. Ex- I think we would expect Houston to be winning this game comfortably. So then that means Marlon Max out there in garbage time. Folks, folks watch the reaction of this one. Jonathan Stewart, 3.5. <laughs> Oh, it's in Atlanta. I love him. I love him in that spot. No. Yeah, you love Jonathan Stewart every week, and <laughs> when he scores, you're, you 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 can say, "Yeah, I love Jonathan Stewart last week because he scored a touchdown." Jonathan Stewart, you you could play him. I'm not playing him. It's got Thomas Rawls three point three. Oh my god! What, what what are we doing here? I mean, we're trying to lose. I mean, uh, you, you happy with one one week? Please do me a favor. When we go ahead to get head again this week, put Stewart in your lineup. Put Rawls in your lineup. Um, we're good. I, do me a favor. Send them out there. Scott, wide receivers, man. You ready? Uh, I, this one is uh, yeah. This one is this one is is tricky, but it, it's interesting. There's a lot of interesting guys here that I think you got to talk about. Ready? DeAndre Hopkins, 9.2. Scott, are you going to play him? It's a lot of money. It really depends on how I can construct the rest of my lineup because I think he's I, – I don't want to say free square, but at that position he's going to be close. I mean the Colts stink defense in running and passing, so he's still a play. But it's going gonna, it's gonna to be very tough to justify 9,200. Julio, 7.8. only reason I put him in there, Scott, he's at Carolina, but he's getting cheaper. He is getting cheaper because he's not he's not scoring. Uh, so you know, and he's not you know he's not putting up these Julio like numbers. And whether or not he's still got a little nagging injury from a couple weeks ago, maybe that's the case. I don't know. I mean, I know the game against the Jets is tough because of the rain, but his price should drop until he produces. Scott Tampa's going to New Orleans. Mike Evans seven point seven. Yeah, Mike Evans is a play here. I mean, if Winston's going to get right or if we're going to get put it together, it's going to be this game. You know, they, if they, Tampa Bay loses this game, you can pretty much say they're done in that division. So this is a game they're going to have to go on all cylinders, try to uh, make something happen. And I can see Mike Evans going to buck 20 in a score. Man, I know you don't, you're going to tell me not to play Doug Bowl when it's 6.9, but he moves around the line a lot. He may avoid Norman. He's at home. Is Paul Richardson going to explode again? Wilson's hot. Doug Baldwin, 6.9? I just don't think Seattle's going to put up 41 points again. Uh, So, I mean, I think that's really what it comes down to. Again, not playing the running backs. And Baldwin really didn't get – I mean, Baldwin had, what, five, six catches, but he really wasn't involved in that bonanza. So, if you're just going to play the odds and and look at it that way, he probably gets involved. Uh, You could play him. He will move around. I don't see Norman being on him, you know, uh, 100% of the time. So, yeah, I think Baldwin could be a play, but his – 6,900 is not cheap for that matchup, though. Scott, anyone plays Des Bryant at 6.4, we should block them on Twitter. I'm not even discussing it. Kelvin Benjamin, 6.2, host in Atlanta? Yeah, you know, that's another it's another tough one. I, You know, he had a touchdown last week, but three catches. I don't know if I can justify it at that price. I think I could find better options. You know, I think a better option would even be on the road, be Larry Fitzgerald. I know Drew Stanton's going to be there, but the, quarter, the Niners stink. Fitzgerald will probably get seven catches and probably score a touchdown. That's a good one. Uh, and I think his ownership will be low because Drew Stan. So, I mean, that's one you can look at. Um, Scott, do you marry Thomas? He, he only had 66 yards tonight, but Philly's pass defense is terrible. At Philly, he's 6.0. Yeah, he is 6.0, but there's talk that Sanders is going to be back next right. week. So if yeah. he's back, that, that'll that cut into him. And they're both, if you look at their salaries, they're, Thomas is 6,000, Sanders is 5,700. And honestly, watching Trevor Simeon throw the ball, I can't justifiably pick either one of these guys. Uh, they have the talent, but they don't have the quarterback. Let, let's let's have some fun. Just say yes or no. Ready? <laughs> Mohamed Sanu at Carolina, 5.3? Yeah, he's a he's value play, yes. T.Y. Hilton, 4.9 at Houston. Yes. Jamison Crowder, 4.9 at Seattle. No. Rashard Matthews, 4.6, host in Baltimore? No. 
Roger Lewis, 3.3, hosting the Rams? No? <laughs> no, I think Sterling Shepard comes back uh, this week. So Shepard, I would have... I would have said yes to a Sterling Shepard, but honestly, I think his price is too high. I know he's the only receiver in town, despite Evan Ingram. Um, but I would have said Shepard if his value was, was a little less than 5,200. Last one, then we'll wrap it up. I'm a Demarcus Robinson truther, Scott. 3.2 three at Dallas. Yeah, you've been a, one catch tonight. You've been a Demarcus Robinson truther since we tried to figure out who the number two receiver in, in Kansas City was in our pilot episode. And guess what? We haven't figured it out yet. So, again, add him to Thomas Rawls and add him to Jonathan Stewart. And last week I was laying 11, and you covered. This week I'm probably laying 19, and I'm pretty confident I'm covered in uh, that one. But DeMarcus I'm telling Robinson, you right no. now, Scott, I'm no. telling you, Roger Lewis or DeMarcus Robinson is going to be in my DraftKings lineup this week. I'm you, know, you, you know who the better play is in that situation? And that, and that price range is going to be Terrence Williams at home for 3300 with oh, no yeah. Elliott. I can't play him. No Elliott. I think I can guard him. I think I could guard Terrence Williams. I did. Yeah. Well, you're not in the league, so I don't think you can. <laughs> um, let's say uh, we're going to defenses next. Tight no, end. No, no, no. Just ra- I, I got. We'll uh, we'll do tight end and uh, and defense. I didn't get to do them last time. I was late. Tight end defenses on Thursday. We got to save some people. I, I have themes, themes to get to, Scott. Uh, folks, we love that you listen. We appreciate the support. You can tell Scott and I have a blast doing this podcast. Follow us on Twitter at put blitz. You can follow me at Randall Rant. Follow Scott at scot five five seven. And we paid our picks up. We put up my rankings. All that fun stuff is up there, and the podcast as well, RandallRant.com. It is. We're on Facebook as well. Follow us, like us on Facebook, leave a comment, write a review, ask a question. Yeah, I want to know from you guys. I want to know we're at the halfway mark. Hit us on Twitter or Facebook. Who is your fantasy MVP eight weeks into the fantasy season as we get as we move on to the second half? Who's been the most valuable fantasy player in your eyes as a quarterback, running back? Let us know. We'll address it maybe on the Thursday show. And I'll pose that question to you, Mike. Who's been, in your opinion, the fantasy MVP thus far of this 2017 season? Boy, that's a good question, Scott. What a good one, man. I'm not going to say Hunt because he's cooled off. Uh Fantasy MVP, I kind of like Carson Wentz, Scott, because he's been re- – he was picked late, right? He wasn't an early-round quarterback, so if you got him, you probably got him in the late rounds. So I think he's been pretty solid. What do you think? What do you got? What yeah, do you think? I put Carson Wentz there, and I, I, I put Deshaun Watson there as well. I mean, I put the two quarterbacks there as being, you know, two quarterbacks that I could easily see being on championship teams across the board uh, this year in fantasy. So – Carson Wentz for you. I'll go with Deshaun Watson as we are eight weeks into the fantasy season and we really start to ratchet up. A couple of big teams on buys this week, so you might have to make some maneuvers. Uh, you know, Steelers are on buys. The Chargers are on a buy, so you got some big teams, some big fantasy impact players that are on buys. So you got to work that waiver wire this week. And listen, I know I'll be putting in a claim for Will Fuller and uh, Jersey Pride because you let him be out there for us. Scott, also, if you want a really deep sleeper, somebody I really, really like that's off the radar right now, that could be like a fantasy winner. I think Jacksonville's good. I think teams are going to uh, key on Fournette. I like D.D. Westbrook. D.D. Westbrook is coming back off the injured reserve. I know Bortles isn't great. You can get him for cheap. I'm not talking about a wide receiver two here, man. I'm talking about wide receiver three. Somebody's going to score on that team. Marquise Lee and Alan Hearns hasn't been great. You can get him for free. He was the most productive receiver in the preseason. Just something to think about, D.D. Westbrook. Yeah, very, very, uh, definitely someone you could watch. And I think your other guy, if Frank Gore's gone, Marlon Mack could be a very impactful player Absolutely. down the stretch. Absolutely. Oh, Scott, I can't wait. Head-to-head DFS this week. I hear the music coming in. Jonathan Stewart, Scott, I'm telling you. At home against the Falcons. Oh, Yeah, Jonathan Stewart, Thomas Rose, please send them on. Demarcus Robinson, please make sure you make sure. <laughs> We'll see you, folks.